Before we get started, we'd like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land in which we produce this podcast, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, and pay our respects to their elders, past, present and emerging. Hello, welcome to another episode of What A Great Punk Podcast. This is a really exciting episode. We caught up with our friend Roger O'Donnell from The Cure. Uh, we catch up with him every now and then and they're always great chats. Um, so it, it, it spilled over time as it normally does. So we've actually split the episode into two episodes. So what you're about to listen to is the first half and the second half will be available as a bonus app on our Patreon. If you want to sign up to that, head over to patreon.com forward slash whatagreatpunk or download the Patreon app and search for What A Great Punk. You can subscribe there and it's really good because you get bonus episodes every single week. Um, but uh, for now, let's roll up the intro music and get into the app with Roger. Catchy smile, you got that catchy smile. Stop a while, come back with that catchy smile. Come back, baby, we'll fly away. Come back, we'll just fly away together, baby. But don't tell your nonna. So how long ago was it that we did this? Well, I think it was oh, probably about probably six months ago. I was thinking about that before and I didn't bother looking it up. That's Jesus. I should have. Seems like yesterday. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> does it? Is that because nothing's happened or changed? Yeah, because I haven't done anything since <laughs> I've been sitting around waiting for you guys to call Yeah. Me. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a joke. <laughs> <laughs> oh. See the lighting? It looks like I'm actually in front of that sky. It does. It does. Yeah. You are incredible. It really does look like you're in front of that sky. You know what's funny about you, Roger? I yeah. don't know if this is what's funny about you, but as soon as your name popped up on the screen, I started laughing before I even saw your head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll, th- I'll yeah, take yeah. that as a compliment. I'm not going to put too yeah. much thought into it. No. Nah. There are certain people that just make you smile, you, like you guys. Mm. I mean, it's just good memories, like nothing, Yeah. no sort of negative connotations to it at all. Yeah, true. And it's nice we to haven't had a, like a, We haven't had a bad mem- shared memory yet, so we've just got to We haven't keep, had a falling out, have we? Maybe we should manufacture yeah. a falling out because it might develop <laughs> our relationship, make it like richer. Yeah, true. Yeah, but... Yeah, will we still laugh when your name comes up on the screen? That's the... Yeah, well, we don't want to risk that, do we? No. Hey, what are you drinking there? Is that red wine? Yeah, it's red wine in a little cup. You're sophisticated, though. Yeah. Because I always equate red wine with sophistication. Whoa, that's nice. It's the only wine I really like, but do you equate a box of red wine with sophistication? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the box of wine... That's the question. I remember when wine bars were a thing when they first started. In England, like, because mm. normally it's pubs, right? And then yeah. there was this thing. Oh yeah, yeah. Have you been to a wine bar yet? I'm like, oh what? Because I don't, I don't really drink wine because I'm not sophisticated. <laughs> <laughs> and people would go in these bars, sit on stools. It always had to be a stool by the by the by the bar. But they should have been called stool bars. That's good, Rod. You should get that. You should get that in a little notes file on your phone for a stand-up routine if you ever do one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> you could open up. Should bloody call them stool bars. <laughs> and and then you sat there and you drank wine. And I remember people saying, "Yeah, like after two hours, I've been drinking wine. I I I, I got to to stand up to leave, and I just fell over." <laughs> 
because they weren't used to wine being like mm. stronger than beer. People were like just, you know, mm. drinking it back. But Oh, true. Yeah, yeah. Weird thing. I don't like wine. Don't, don't like wine? I would have picked you as a, a, a abs. I would have bet $100, 108, mm. 100 Australian dollars. Yeah. What's that, that about? Have- 10 quid. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> that. That you would have loved a, yeah. um, a, a a red wine. That you'd have a cellar, like a nice cellar. With- a yeah, cellar. you've got a cellar. Surely you've got a cellar. <laughs> a wine cellar. Uh, yeah. I think red wine tastes like vinegar. I can't imagine mm. why anybody would want to drink it. I, I like mm. rosé or a rosé. That's good in the summer. Yeah, it's nice. What are you, are you just a beer, you're, are you a beer man primarily? No. Don't, don't really like no. beer. No. Whiskey. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, Jack Daniels, mate. Oh, oh Jack Daniels. Fucking nice. hell. We should have known. That's the that's the that's the the rock and roll signature drink. Yeah. Yeah. You ever met Lemmy? Uh, I was in I was in New York about to get on a plane, and mm. Lemmy. Well, I was checking in, and Lemmy was checking in as well, and mm. I was praying to God that I didn't end up sitting next to him. Can you imagine sitting <laughs> next to Lemmy for a transatlantic flight? <laughs> and yeah. I didn't, luckily. Yeah. My my um uh, a friend of mine, a very good old friend, is a travel agent to the you know music business travel agent. Mm. And she was on a flight once. I think it was a private flight, and Keith Richards was on the flight. And it was like eight o'clock in the morning, and he had a Jack and Coke. <laughs> That's like yeah. insane, isn't it? It is. I-, I was so impressed. You've had a haircut since we last saw you, Rog. Yeah, I styled it on you. I hope you don't mind. Did yeah. you actually? Yeah, yeah. I said I, w- I want to like, look like uh, Jamie from New South Wales. <laughs> it is it's quite a Jamie cut. It is, isn't it? See, look. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure I'm pulling it off as well. I do love that episode oh. where you got a haircut in. Uh, mm. <laughs> that was a good one. Oh yeah, yeah, that's yeah, a that's fun good. one. I've been having my hair cut by the same person since 1976, but he's um, sadly he's not very well at the moment. So, oh, and um, yeah, sending uh, get well soon to Keith. And um, so I was at this sort of sort of covert COVID party. Well, there weren't many people. There were only three people. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, oh, I really need a, I really need a haircut. And Ben, my friend, said, Oh, I know, I know a hairdresser. She'll come round. She'll come mm-hmm. and do it here. And I'm like, oh, Okay. So she did, and I ended up looking like Jamie, which is not bad. Could be worse. Did you show them a picture of me? Yeah, yeah. I said, Look, I want to look like this. <laughs> and she snipped away, and I wasn't watching. And then I ended up, and I also had an Australian accent. <laughs> <laughs> Did it turn out how you expected? Because they ne- they really do. Like you say something, and you get the other. Yeah, it yeah. didn't. It didn't really work out. Uh, see, I've been going to Keith since 1976. My friend Ian and I, at art, we were at art school, and he really wanted his hair cut like Andy Mackay from Roxy Music. I feel like I told you this story before. Uh, which it was kind of like rockabilly at the front and long at the back. <laughs> Business coming, party going. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we looked, he looked at the album cover <clears throat> and it said on there, Hair by Keith at Smile. I'm like, ah, excellent. So he made an appointment and went to see Keith and got his hair cut exactly like Andy Mackay. 
from Roxy Music. And then <clears throat> I had really long, like, hair down to here. Like, Just below the breast for anyone. Below the breast. Anyone listening? <laughs> breast. Below the left breast, anyone listening. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'm going to go as well. And he yeah. cut my hair through all the different, you know, eras of bands, different bands. When I joined the Thompson Twins, I went and I said, look, I need a, I need a, a pigtail uh, put in. He's like, oh, yeah, I can do that. And then uh, when um, David Bowie, man who fell to earth, I said, oh, yeah, I want some colour in it. And he said, oh, yeah, I can do that. Because he did it all. He did all those people. Mm. He cut everyone's hair. Oh. And, um, okay. and then when I joined, <clears throat> joined The Cure, he did that. It took me out to took me out to back home, and yeah, teased it out a bit. And then when I quit the band the first time, mm. I drove straight there and had all of my hair cut off and bleached blonde. It was a statement. Oh, yeah. Oh, it was a statement. All right, that is a statement. Hang That's on. What, so when when you joined the Cure, yeah, what 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 was your hair doing? The day before you joined the Cure. Uh, well, <laughs> that's a good question. And then the day after, yeah, <laughs> yeah. give us the. Yeah. I was in the psychedelic furs, and I was on tour with them, and I had kind of eighties black, eighties <clears throat> hair, not sticking up like the Cure, obviously. Mm. And then I got the call to join the Cure, and <clears throat> I still had to do an American tour with the psychedelic furs. So during that tour my hair gradually got larger until when I left the furs, it was a seamless transition mm. to the cure <laughs> hair wise. Very wow. Good. And it was kind of, that was, that was sort of methodical. Yeah. It was like a chameleon. Yeah. Not really. Cause They're chameleons like- change really quickly. Don't they? No, it was like a gradual. So that they wouldn't notice. And they're going, Roger, you're looking a bit different. And you're like, I don't know what you're talking about. And also I was learning the songs. I had a keyboard in my suitcase on the first tour and I had all the Cure songs on cassette. And at Soundcheck I would arrive and we'd be Soundchecking. I'd be playing a Cure song, a new one that nobody had ever heard. I remember Richard oh, wow. coming over to me one day on Soundcheck saying, what's that you're playing? And I was like, oh, was nothing, just, you know, just noodling around. But just I was jamming, gradually, man. with the hair. What are you, the jam police? Yeah, he was. Fuck <laughs> off, I'm just jamming, man. He was yeah. the jam police. <laughs> <laughs> when, uh, when we used to do cabaret, when uh, I was in a cabaret band, we used to go in during the day, and I was in a jazz fusion band. Uh, so we'd go in during the day and rehearse. And the, one of the club managers came in one day and he's like, what are you lot doing? Stop that jamming. I'm not having any jamming in here. He was the jam police. <laughs> yeah, that's the jam police. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So what's the – is that a hairstyle that kind of the cure like started or is that a hairstyle that they kind of pick, picked up well, to credit for? If you look at pictures, and I'm going to get in trouble probably – uh, but if you look at pictures of Robert Smith before he s- played with the Banshees, mm. look at his hair and then look at it after. So uh-huh. some might suggest that Susie had quite a hand in that transformation. Ah, okay. I looked in the mirror today and said to my girlfriend that I look like I'm in the cure because <laughs> my hair was all over the place. Well, sadly, it's not like that anymore, is it? Well, sadly, mm. I mean, things move on. 
But yeah. it was a good time. It was really, it was theatrical, isn't it? I've always, I've always uh, been of the school uh, that going on stage is, is, it's theatrical. So you need to dress up. And, and if you can take on a, a persona that isn't necessarily your everyday, although during, in those days my hair did stick up every day. Uh, but it's a thing. It's good, isn't it? It's like putting on stage makeup. It's like putting on... Um, if you're an actor, putting on uh, your uh, costume, you know. It is. Uh, yeah, that's, I mean, and really that's, that was such an integral part of the, st- the start of our band, you know, with the nipple tape. Yeah, yeah, it's um, excellent. It was, a, it was obviously, a, you know, like a visual thing, but it really affected the way we performed um, on stage and everything. It like created, it, it kind of created characters and mm. um, for our band. But that mm. whole thing of, which was popular, uh, you know, for the last 10 or 15 years of bands turn up, they set up their own gear and then they, then they start playing. I think it, yeah. it, you need that sense of drama, that sense of theatrics. I mean, I know obviously not every band can afford road, roadies, but uh, at least change your T-shirt or something. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. Yeah, at least, at least change, change your T-shirt. t-shirt. Yeah. Because I, yeah. Yeah. it's about suspending belief as well, isn't it? It's about becoming some kind of rock star or rock god or something. Or maybe it's not, mm. I don't know. When you think about... I don't know. I, well, that's the, that's my approach. I was always a part of quite theatrical bands. I mean, the Thompsons was all about dressing up, very little about music. And the Furs, you know, they were into it as well. And so I, I, I've always, <clears throat> and, you know, we still put makeup on. But, and I think, yeah, it's at our age probably a little foolish. But if I don't, if I go on stage, you know, like I said, I just walk on stage with my day clothes on. It just doesn't feel right. Mm. Yeah, I know. I know what you mean. Yeah, we we Roger really um, struggled with because we don't wear nipple tape on stage anymore. We did for we what? Yeah, we don't do it anymore. And it was it was a, actually a real. We haven't actually even talked about it much as well. But like, it was a really difficult uh, decision for us to stop doing that. And one that still like, um, you know, challenges us to this day. I think that we were we did a tour in the UK, and Todd and I both we we played a a small pub. We played the Shacklewell Arms in London. In you know, it's a small yeah. small band venue, and it was that night that we both we put we were walking through the the you know the half empty crowd on the way to the stage in our nipple tape, <laughs> and we just thought. <laughs> Fucking hell. Like no green room. You got to walk through the front of the crowd to get onto the stage and then, yeah. Like if Kiss would play the Shacklewell Arms, putting all the, you know, the cat makeup on and all that stuff, walking through the audience. Just doing a piss in the main toilet in the bar, yeah. So no more tape. That's it. Well, that was the the moment that, because I'd been going on about it, I'm over the tape for a while. That was the Mm. moment that Todd, was like, I, yeah, I can, I can understand where you're coming from. I don't want to do it anymore. And I don't know. I was just sick of the. I feel like because we started out as a joke band, like a legitimate joke band, and we we make music nowadays that is not uh, joke music. You uh, know? That's a tough transition. Uh, mm. It's a tough transition, yeah. and but the, musically, it's been easy because it's been natural. Mm. But 
as far as visually goes, that's that's where the trough it did match trans. Yeah, it wasn't really matching. It was like this kind of like mm. theatrical comedic sort of vibe, which used to gel really well with the music. And then like you've then mm. naturally and very organically, we've kind of moved into writing more, you know, quote unquote serious music or whatever. Um, you know, so there was like a disparity there. Yeah, I can see that. That's a really tough transition though. It's like bands that were serious and then they're like, well, we're not getting anywhere with this. So let's become a pop band. And when we've made had a couple of hits, we'll just go back to being serious again. Because it's yeah. <clears throat> that's or virtually impossible, isn't it? Yeah. Um Yeah, I think I mean that's a really good point too. Like it not everyone can afford roadies, not everyone has the style of music where you can dress up, but you can at the very least change your t shirt. Exactly. Or you can take your wallet out of your jeans. You know when you see people playing, they got a massive <laughs> wallet in the back pocket and their phone in the front pocket. What the fuck is going on there? Yeah. At least take your loose change out of your pocket. You know. I have to police the band of taking off laminates before you go on stage oh, or wristbands. Yeah. I I I'm like the wristband and laminate police because Good. it's just yeah. that also destroys. I mean the guys that are going on, yeah. you know, the headliners, the stars. Can't have a pass, you know. Although bands like Muse who go around their venues without their, um, without part, you know, without laminates on, and apparently yeah. at each security station there's there's like a thing with their pictures on it. So yeah, yeah. security <laughs> guys are supposed to recognise them and go, oh yeah, you're all right. I mean, when you're off stage, you should always wear a pass, but when you're on stage, you can't. That's another thing that destroys mm. the that kind of. You know, it's it's supposed to be a suspension of belief, of reality, not belief, of reality, yeah. isn't it? It's supposed yeah. to be two or three hours of um, being somewhere else, being entertained by these people. You don't care if they have cornflakes or porridge for breakfast. It's all about them being on stage and being, you know, some kind of something different and exciting. So, yeah, I always, and yeah. Simon always tries to sneak his laminate on. But he's no, he hasn't got past me yet. Why does he want it? Oh, just for fun. Just to piss me off. It's it's a really good point you've made, Roger. Because um, there was a photo recently that that oh, oh, taken of us. Todd, it was the one that you sent through the other day, and it's a really great photo Ben took. But I'm wearing oh, a. Yeah. I noticed the wristband yeah. in it. I'm wearing the fucking wristband. I was like, oh my god. Yeah. Trouble at, at festivals though. They put them wrist. You get get out of the van and some. You, yeah. Just putting a wristband on your hand and you go, no, hang on a minute, hold on, hold on. <laughs> yeah. uh, but then you just cut it off before you go on stage. And normally when you come off stage, you just get in the van and leave anyway. Yeah. yeah. But I yeah. hate that. I hate people putting wristbands on you. Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't, I would be pretty disappointed if I was watching The Cure at Splendor in the Grass and on one of those huge screens, it zooms in on you playing the keyboard in your like, nice like outfit and you've just got like one of those fucking wristbands dangling well it there. takes away any rock star allure that's None. for sure it's yeah. like what would be really disappointing to see what else yeah um <laughs> that's probably it if your wallet was in your pocket that would be really disappointing to me well i'm like the queen i don't carry money so that's good like daniel johns he doesn't carry a wallet around <laughs> either. i got a question for you roger do you ever um do you ever sing along on stage? Whatever, because, oh, you <laughs> yeah. can't do that. Yeah. That is You can't no. do you that. Can't Thank do that. God. True. You passed the test. No. Yeah. You passed the test. Yeah. See, the problem is I don't know any of the lyrics anyway. 
So I can't <laughs> sing along. <laughs> Air vocals, you can't do them. They need to be gone. That is the worst. When uh, with like the drummers going, yeah, oh, it's not always the drummer. I don't, you know, I love drummers. It usually is the drummer because they want a bit more limelight, don't they? Stuck at the back, hidden. You can't. You can't be enjoying your own band too much. That's the thing. That's another, like, <laughs> suspension of disbelief. I mean, you'll often see me grimacing. Yeah, that's better. It's cooler. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but no. Uh, apart from the fact that I don't know any of the lyrics, which constantly is a constant source of irritation to Rob. <laughs> oh, you really don't? No. <laughs> I, don't listen, I don't listen to any lyrics on any band, <laughs> let alone the Q. Yeah, yeah. So I just, uh, you know, to me, the the vocals are just another instrument. Mm. Yeah, I, I feel the same, I'm Roger. like that, yeah. I, I agree. agree. Some people love I, lyrics, I remember, don't they? Yeah, they do. I, I, and, and, I, and I'm one of them sometimes. There's some songs that I really connect to lyrically, but I'd say as a general rule, yeah. just listening to a, to a song on the first pass or live or whatever, I couldn't give a fuck about the lyrics. It's all about just the, mm. the, the, vibe, the melody. Really. Yeah, and the melody. And the vowels and the consonants are... Like mm. uh, uh, powerful without the yeah. That's why it's interesting to, uh, to listen to uh, singing in another language. Mm. Yeah, because then you uh, then you got no fucking clue what it's yeah. Anyway, I remember reading an interview with Brian Eno. Um, oh please, not Eno. Oh, not, not, <laughs> what's your beef with Eno? <laughs> uh, what's what fucking <laughs> profound shit has he done now? <laughs> well, <laughs> he just said, um, no, he just said that lyrics are bollocks. Oh, oh. One, Which for I once was, in my life, yeah. I agree with you. He, he, yeah, he said everyone knows lyrics are bollocks. Mm. What's his point there? Because I think I agree, but I just don't know why. Yeah. But, well, that's what he does, isn't it? He just comes out with random shit and everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Prostrates himself, prostrates, prostrates themselves at his feet and goes, The God has spoken. The God of rock and roll has spoken again. <laughs> we should all weep with joy at this commandment. Have you come across Eno in your travels? Uh, no. I'm sure he's a nice chap. Well, he was in Rocks yeah. and Music, wasn't he? And that, yeah. that oh, synth yeah. break, that, yep. you know, in the middle of uh, Virginia Plain was pivotal on my. Uh, Musical, uh, you know, upbringing. Yeah. Because I was mm. like, wow, yeah, keyboards can be like exciting right in the middle of yeah. things. You know the bit I'm talking about because, dude, I'm not going to sing it. <laughs> <laughs> Check it out when this is over. What's yeah. the song called? Virginia Plain, you know, the first single. Virginia Plain, okay. Yeah. Um, he, he, he did release this project, which I thought was really interesting, which was. Um, that he released uh, an album on, and the and the way the format of the album was that it was an app, and every time every time you listened to it, um, it performed it differently. So it was the same song in the same kind of like key or whatever, but the the like the the MIDI performance was, um, like randomized. Yeah, see, <clears throat> that's the sort of thing that he does, isn't it? If I'd have thought yeah. that, I would have thought, oh, that's interesting. That's a really good idea. As soon as it's him, it's so pretentious and bollocks <laughs> that I don't want to know about it. It's got that hue of Eno on it and that's it. It's over. It's done with. Yeah. You're reminding me of um, a good friend of ours, Steve, um, right now, who just like hates Coldplay. 
It's just like <laughs> you mention. It's not. Yeah, it's not just like you know how you'll meet a lot of people who are like, oh, I hate Coldplay, but he he actually it. turns green in the yeah. face when they're talked about because it gets a bit sick. You know, I uh, I w- I probably would have fallen loosely into that kind of uh, bracket, but then um, I saw them in LA last January, January twenty twenty. They did some private show or some corporate show or something. And then afterwards, I met the guitarist and I had a really good long chat with him. And they're all right. You know, they, yeah. they write, they've written some iconic songs, haven't they? They're a good band. They yeah. fucking have. They're a good band. But the guitarist, you know, he was like one of us. He was like, oh, mm. I, was, I didn't say anything, obviously. I didn't say to him, oh, I thought you'd be an absolute twat. But <laughs> he was all right. And we had a really good chat. And he was, um, it was just after uh, Chris had said something about, Oh yeah, we're not going to tour again until we can work out to do work out how to do it with zero carbon footprint. And oh, yeah. so the guitarist says, "Hey, look, he's opened his fucking mouth again. We'll never be out to tour again, will we?" <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought yeah. was excellent. And actually, Chris Martin was um, is is a massive Cure fan. He grew up mm. when he was a little. His babysitter used to put disintegration on all the time oh wow so he grew up that's pretty cool those those first two Coldplay albums particularly for me the first one are brilliant yeah there's Mm. some great songs on there it's just what they became wasn't it I mean you know it's like I don't know what is it about getting big becoming huge that I guess people start listening to what you the twaddle that you're saying that was always nonsense now because you're a massive band becomes important and it's no mm. no more important than it was when you were a little band. I mean, imagine mm. if you guys were selling out stadiums and people were asking you about what you thought. It, would, <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't make any more sense than it does now. But suddenly yeah, yeah. people would be listening. So that's yeah. that's my take on that. Yeah. Bands, bands that you think are twats, uh, they're not generally. I mean, some of them mm. are. I think you can look at Coldplay. I wouldn't assume they're twats, and because I, I think I wouldn't either. Yeah, I think that Chris Martin uh, appears like a really like quite a quite a like cool guy, kind of nice guy, and he is funny. He was funny in extras. Mm. Yeah, so we we saw this show. All right, um, we watched the show, and I was like, "Oh, he's pretty good. It was a good show." It was mm. a good... and then um, <laughs> the next day, there was this clip went viral. Of him coming out of the stage door, and some guy hassling hassling him for a, an autograph and a photo, and he's saying, "Look, you know, just fuck off and leave me alone. What if I just had a really bad gig and played a really shitty gig, which, by the way, I just did." And I was like, "Oh shit!" So it wasn't that good after all. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell! See, that's wow. the other thing. That's the thing when you come off stage. And you're like, you know you've played a really shitty gig, right? It was really bad. Everything went wrong. The sound was awful and everything was bad. Mm. And then somebody comes up to you and says, oh, man, that was the best show I've ever seen. And you go, actually, no, it wasn't. It was a load of shit. <laughs> to you, it doesn't really matter what it was like to you, does it? It doesn't. No. Yeah. That's, the other, that's, the, that's, another, that's another golden rule. Yeah, you have to remember mm. that. And it might have been the first and last time that person will ever see you. And they thought... Yeah. That was a brilliant show. I've never seen a show yeah. like that. So you just leave yeah. it, let it go. <laughs> they never, you never, how can you, you don't know the difference. I mean, to, to all intents and purposes, every show 
sounds and looks the same to the to the layman. Uh, yeah, to the layman. But we've you know when we, we've got fans that go to every fucking show. So yeah, yeah, that's true. Then they love it when it goes wrong a bit when something happens. Yeah, I like that. I like it when shows go wrong. Ah, uh, do that's, you? We saw um Jamie. We saw who did we see? Uh, Tom York spit the dummy at a Radiohead show once. Remember that? Oh, we, at the one in Sydney? Yeah, the one we went to, yeah. What did he spit the dummy for? Something, they just, he just got the whole band to stop and start the song again because they fucked it and just like yelled at them all. Oh, okay. It was a bit awkward. You know, 5,000 people just feeling awkward. Yeah, they, you, yeah, that's a bit indulgent, isn't it? And that's really arrogant, yeah. isn't it? I mean, yeah, it to think, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I've seen, the only person I ever saw do that was Frank Zappa. And, it, and he, they got like, 32 bars into the song and he stopped it because they were recording it. He's like, okay, folks, this is a really fucking difficult song to play and I really want to get all the right notes on the tape. So we're going to start it again. And everyone yeah. went crazy and they loved it. Yeah. Well, people like that honesty too. Like as a, a friend of mine's band from Adelaide back in the day and they were playing this sort of big festival. They were called Special Patrol and he was like starts the song on an acoustic guitar and he had the capo on the wrong fret. And like biggest crowd he's ever played to, <laughs> plays a few chords and then just laughs and changes it. And rather than like freaking out, pretending he has it and then trying to like, you know, he's just like really honest about it. And I just, I learned a lot from watching that actually. There's a song that I start on piano uh, and um, the song before, I do, at the end of it, I do this a big gliss down the keyboard, like dramatic. <laughs> and in doing this, I hit the transpose button and it knocked the whole keyboard half a semitone oh, no. down. So I start playing. <laughs> and I'm, like, I'm thinking, but I haven't got perfect pitch. So I, I didn't know anything was wrong. So I was playing. Mm. And then Robert joins in with the guitar. And I'm like, fucking hell. His <laughs> guitar yeah. is murderously out of tune. And I'm looking <laughs> at him and he's looking at me. And then I suddenly realise, I look down and I see it says uh, minus one on the readout mm. on the keyboard. Ooh. And I'm playing and I'm, there's a break. So I pause for like one, two, three, and then start again. And I had to hit the right button and I did it. Got it back in tune mm. for when the rest oh. of the band came in. Ah, oh, that was a horrible feeling. And then in um, when we played in 2000 in Australia, we played in... Brisbane at some festival, I can't remember what it was called, but it was stinking hot. Uh, oh, yeah, Brizzy's hot. Yeah, it was really hot. Shut and up. we had ADAT machines yeah. <laughs> on stage with backing yeah. tracks on them. And they overheated. And I didn't think that digital could slow down like a tape machine. But with the heat, it started slowing down during the song, so it was gradually going flatter and flatter. <laughs> oh, my God. And I, was t- I turned around to the tech and I was going, turn it off, turn it off. And because he wouldn't do anything without Robert's approval, so I'm like, so mm. that he left it on through the whole show, uh, song. So that was horrible. Where was that? What festival would that have been? Might have been Big Day Out. Ah, that was it. Yeah. Big Day Out? Yeah, that festival's uh, RIP. No doubt, no doubt we're on the bill. And... No doubt, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was 2000. Foo Fighters, probably. Foo Fighters, probably, <laughs> yeah. They played a lot Red of Big Day Out. Red Hot Chili Peppers. Uh, that sounds about 2000. And we, um, we did a cover of Love Will Tear Us Apart. A fan oh. wrote in to a competition and 
they requested that we do that, and they played tambourine with us. Oh, oh wow! Yeah, that that would have that would have been a pretty big moment, actually, playing an Australian song. It was really cool playing that song. Oh, hang on! What song? Are, are you talking about the Joy Division song or the NXS song? The who? What? Joy Division. Which song am I thinking of? The NXS one. Love will never. Ever <laughs> tear us apart. Down Sorry, down Joy Division. Down okay. down down down. Yeah. 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 Whatever that song's called. Okay, Joy Division, yeah. 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 What about Muse, Roger? Oh uh, yeah. I thought you might bring them up. Why did I think you were gonna bring them up? <laughs> Jamie well you brought up you brought them up before. You were a muse you were a bit of a sw- you loved them back in the day, didn't you? Jamie? I love I loved you them loved as a te- teenager. I never did. How can you be in did. like the biggest punk band that's ever existed in Australia and like Muse. Yes. Well, I was going to say I don't like them now, but I actually, if I listen to those first two or three albums, I still like them. And I I don't listen to them, but if I did, I'd like them. They, we did this first, we did this tour in 2004 of America where we had, we had took our own kind of mini festival on tour and there was a B stage and Muse headlined the B stage. So I knew them (laughs) when they were like youngsters and... That's good. And working because they were they were stadium band in mm. Europe, but in America they hadn't cracked it. But I yeah. really respected the fact that they were prepared to do a B stage mm. tour to you know get their foot in the door in America, which they did. And they're 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 massive. I really don't yeah. understand the music. It's no. prog, isn't it? And it's so fucking pretentious and they are very pretentious young lads pretentious and cringe but very good well excellent musicians the first album's good it's really good it's a it's a it's a little less epic i mean i i've you know i was i wouldn't say i was friends with them but i'd say hello to them and have a chat with them and that and over the years they've just become well they're cliched you know like rock stars aren't they but going back to that i just said they're they're amazing musicians i went i've gone down a bit of a rabbit hole on instagram recently of um virtuoso kids and mainly oh. down the road of virtuoso kid bass players oh these kids their ability their their playing is just outstanding and I'm just thinking, is this yeah. new? Is it because they've got, you know, dads that grew up in our era that have, like, chained them to their guitars in their bedrooms and not let them out? And just... Yeah. But, some, I mean, you can you can really see the genuine love of these kids. There's one little boy. He's 14. He's, like, keyboards, guitar, everything. And there's this other little German girl. She's about eight, playing the bass. Like, insane. Mm. I sent... um this guitarist kid to Reeves, our guitarist, I sent him a clip. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? And it's just outstanding. Don't do it because it, it'll make you want to give up. Because they've obviously wow. been practicing every hour since they were born. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like, um, you know, like Justin Bieber. I watched the Justin Bieber documentary years ago and he was a similar. similar yeah, but he's shit, though, isn't he? He's shit at everything he does. <laughs> but the, the difference there is that these kids are incredible. Yeah. Virtuosos, Jamie. Yeah, but no, no. Justin Bieber was literally a virtuoso as well. well like what? an amazing little like eight-year-old, like incredible drummer. 
Oh, really? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, the documentary is incredible. It's, he's a, he's a virtuo- virtuoso on the drums, I think even on the piano, an incredible singer as like an eight-year-old, six-year-old kid. I like him even less now. Yeah, yeah, I've had the exact opposite effect. Roger, we've you know we've been talking a lot. Surprise, surprisingly, we don't actually talk heaps about music on this pod, do we, Todd? But we're talking yeah. about music tonight, and um, one album which I uh, I wonder if you've listened to. Do you, do you know the Horrors? No, they're a UK band. They started. I I would bet a million Australian dollars that they're um. <laughs> Massive Cure fans because they started out with the full like goth, like teased hair, like drain pipe jeans and makeup and all that kind of shit sort of vibe. Um, and uh, they, you know, progressed. Um, oh, onto, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, Hold on a minute. Progressed? Yeah. How could you progress from that look? <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. the pinnacle. That would be a backwards <laughs> There's nowhere to go. Yeah, they yeah, right. yeah. So they've regressed. They've regressed from mm. that. Um, but their third album, um, "Skying," it's called "Skying." It just popped into my mind. I thought that maybe you would have come into contact with it at some point. I try. I've been listening to um, Radio Six, which is sort of an alternative BBC. Uh, I try and listen to it, but the DJs just make me insane I just cannot stand them but oh, I've okay. listened to quite a lot of interesting new music on there there's one band that I really like it's called they're called Dry Cleaning oh, oh yeah they're great yeah they seem to be at the, he- at the forefront of this kind of not singing I mean spoken word thing yeah mm. well, we've, I've seen them live and do you know what I saw them in I saw them play in London and it was maybe the only live musical experience that's ever literally reduced me to fucking tears. Really? Out of nowhere. Wow. It was so moving to me. And I watched the first three or four songs and felt nothing but frustration because the guitars were really loud and the the front woman was, was doing a spoken word kind of thing and it was just getting completely drowned out and swamped and I, it, I just found it frustrating. But there was a moment where she just kept repeating, I can't remember what the name of the song or whatever, but she kept repeating this same thing over this same kind of progression. And it just went like a sword through the fucking chest. It was mm. crazy. It was very, very good. Yeah. I don't know where it's come from. It's good. It, 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 is it a movement, that spoken word thing? There seems to be a bit of it around, more than there was a little while ago. Like even Shame do a little bit of that kind of spoken, poetic kind of stuff. Yeah, we were, Frank from our... Um, from our band saw saw dry cleaning just randomly at the Great Escape when we were there a couple of years ago. And he said the similar thing to Jamie and he's like, Jamie, you gotta come and they both went in London afterwards. So um, they've been around a while then? Not oh, no, that, that was that only was a couple like of years their first ago. Shows and it was two years ago. So they and were only like a year before COVID really. And as far as I'm aware, they were like hyped from hyped from day dot sort of thing. Like oh, well, signed yeah. the label immediately, and yeah, it was like it was. I'm trying um, to talk Robert into having them open for us. Oh wow, that's a great idea. I think that would be a really good combination. So it would be these New South Wales dry cleaning. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be fantastic. Stunning lineup. Yeah. Love that. Yeah, we're happy to bottom line with your <laughs> bottom shirts. Line is that? <laughs> That's cool. Do you know, we were actually supposed to have them on this pod, dry yeah, cleaning. we should make that I, I happen. Think that's still ha- I think that's still happening mm. at some point soon. Tell them me and Simon are big fans. 
Yeah, yeah, we absolutely will. It'll be a great icebreaker. This is the last what do you think of this band question. Yeah. yeah. Okay, but I'm genuinely curious. I think I know what you're going to say, but um, it's usually... It reminds me actually, I've got this friend Jade and every time you tell him about a new band, you go, his first question is, are they shit? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But what do you think of Oasis, the the Gallagher's? Oh, yeah. Uh, I think I've mellowed towards them. I mean, yeah. It's difficult to have an opinion about them really, isn't it? It's like asking what you think of Blur. Oh, yeah. I mean, they were the sort of northern version of Blur, weren't they? Yeah. And the better, and the better version. But better. Yeah. What, you don't like pop music? Oh, I like pop oh. music. Ever heard Wonderwall? That's a bit... Oh, it's just <laughs> would never... If it hadn't been for the Beatles, they would never have existed. Yeah. Um, That's all right. Yeah, though. you could probably say that about a lot of bands, couldn't you? But I'll tell you one thing. <laughs> I reckon that they wear the same... They put the, the clothes on in the morning and then they wear them on stage that night. They would. I don't think they're getting changed. They would. They probably got their wallets in their pockets still. Oh, definitely. Full of fivers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rolled up fivers. We did a show in 97 uh, K-Rock in California and we were headlining, of course, and they were mm. both on. Blur and Oasis were on at like 2 oh, o'clock oh, wow. and 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Fuck. And they're secure. They had these, like, security guys. They wouldn't let us get, go into our dressing room. <laughs> and that's when we decided that we needed security. Oh. Uh, now oh. it's like every band, you, every band's got fucking security. It seems to be like a rite of passage. Like, mm, how many security yeah. guys you got, which is ridiculous. Because we don't really need them. You just need them to deal with everyone else's security. Yeah, exactly. You don't want to get muscled out by the other bands. That's what happened. Robert was like, Robert was trying to go in the dressing room and Oasis, mm. Oasis security wouldn't let him go. Wouldn't let him in. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, and we learned a big lesson that night. Chemical Brothers went on before us and you can't ever, you can't ever do that. You can't because a band that was got such a sonic impact you know such a Mm. massive wall of sound it just Mm. destroys the audience like (laughs) physically and so you go on afterwards everybody's like slumped in their seats from the volume and it was a nightmare so we in i think after that we would always let a band go on after us yeah so maybe you shouldn't take us on tour then. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, there's a thing called uh, there's a there's a fader on the out front desk support band. You pull it down. There's a button. Yeah. <laughs> Never let the support band have sub bass. No. Oh, you, I mean Definitely it's suicide. Not. That's yeah. It makes so much sense. Though. It's so it's so it's so tragic and unfair. But the support band should be like sixty percent of your volume. Yeah, I think that's like. Some people will say that's not fair, but I I am into it, and I as a when I'm in the audience, I never mind. No, and yeah. also it's there's only so much loud, you know, tires the audience out. And you're playing for three hours anyway, so you can't. It, yeah. it, it makes it so much it more impactful as well when the when the yeah the headliner act comes the on. It's just like oh yeah in. yeah oh yeah. I'm glad we're all on the same page with that. Yeah, mm. oh, yeah, nah, for sure, and for sure. <laughs> I like go out, listen to the support, and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? 
they're as loud as mm. us. Turn them down. I'm like, I'm like the volume police. Have you, last time we spoke, you were at a certain point in working on the new Cure record, but you're probably not allowed to talk about anything. Yeah, 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 nothing's happened since then. Nothing's happened? <laughs> you got the scoop. We got the scoop. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's say there's been no material change between the last time I spoke to you and this. Which was November, by the way. Oh, was that. it? Yeah, because okay. I remember. I remember. I was so interested because I remember what you said about it last time was that you guys were saying, "Let's just make the saddest fucking record." Yeah, it will be. It will. It's <laughs> weird, isn't it? When you said, "Oh, you probably can't talk about it," as if it's some kind of state secret. It's like CIA. <laughs> CIA. Yeah, I'm sorry, I can't talk about that. Yeah. Well, I lives, mean, I know, lives depend on this. You've been fired from the kill before, Roger. You know what I mean? Twice. <laughs> I'm going for three. That's all. I don't think it would take much. Uh, no, I. Uh, you know, people ask me all the time. It will come out when it comes out. It will be as good as it is, and I mean, it's not gonna. You know, people are getting annoyed because it's not coming out, and Robert keeps saying it's finished. Uh, it will come out when it comes out, won't it? Oh, so it's all what? So it's all it's all recorded. Uh, did I say that? No. <laughs> <laughs> That's, you nearly got me shot by the Kremlin. Then. Oh <laughs> fuck! There we go. We've been um, binge watching Homeland, so I'm well into the spy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah. you know, that's it. And it, you can't, it's not like the old days when you just use the knock them out albums. It's like, yeah. it takes time. It's, uh, mm. when you haven't released an album for, what, 12 or 13 years, mm. you're not going to just bang one out, are you? <laughs> nah. <laughs> yeah, it's what's another year too, doesn't it? Exactly. Matter. Didn't Tool work on it? Tool worked on an album for 12 years, didn't they? Their latest album. Yeah, I know those guys. Yeah, you like, you like their friends of yours? Uh, the bass player. Yes. Yeah. Mm. He was telling me about their entourage. They've got a bus each and a security guard yeah. each. Oh, I would hate that. I'd hate a bus each. That takes that's to me. Yeah, strips you the would fun hate out of that, it. Jamie. You like sharing I'd the bed. I hate that. You'd I love still sharing the, the bed, bed, even if we could go <laughs> bus each. I'd go. Can I come on your bus? Yeah, I'd be like, oh, yeah, all right. And then when you've had enough, you just go. Okay, I can go back to my bus now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I said to him. Justin, his name isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Um, I don't know. Uh, I said, Justin, mate, because we were getting a bit drunk by that station. You know, it's always your mate in it after you've had a few drinks. Yeah. I'm like, Justin, yeah. mate, yeah. you're not making any fucking money. You're just pissing it all away on buses and, and security <laughs> cards. And he's like, no, oh, no, we're doing all right. Yeah, but I was like, you'd be doing a lot better if you shared a bus and you had one security guard. Because believe me, nobody knows who the fuck you are. So you don't really yeah. need security, do you? <laughs> His brother is um, owns Fiction Records. Oh, he's not. He doesn't own it. He runs it. Right. And I was about to sign with Fiction to release my last solo record. So oh. I was like befriending his brother, just to see if I could get a better mm. deal. You know how these things work. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it didn't work. You sure? <laughs> <laughs> Strategically getting on the right bus, all that. Yeah, sort of it's stuff. all you, you know, fucking it's, cunt. It's. Uh, it's <laughs> <laughs> and besides, what else are you going to do on a Thursday night in Brussels? Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. Oh dear. Yeah, but they they do like mathematical rock, don't they? It's all like based on equations and 
yeah, they've got a lot of time signatures. I've, I used to not like them, but as I get older, I like them more. Too. Do you, Todd? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. The lead singer's a bit I weird, though, isn't he? Yeah, he's, he's weird. I don't think I'd want to see him live. Like, I would be bored. <laughs> I love I'd that, but I wouldn't want to see him live. <laughs> They'd just be like, I'd be looking at my watch the whole time, I reckon. That's me on stage. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Another half an hour. It's a long concert. Yeah. But, you know, the worst thing that can be on stage, well, one of the worst things, sometimes at festivals they have a clock on the stage next to you. Yeah. And you're looking at it and you're going, okay, we've got two and a half hours to go. But how many oh, songs? Yeah. That is not good. That really oh. ruins the suspension of belief. Yes, I yeah. remember that. I used to work in a fish and chip shop and when I was a kid <laughs> and I would purposefully never check the time because it makes the shift go faster. Why did you work in a fish and chip shop? Um, oh, it's just a job I got, Barnacle Bills. Um, worked out the back. Did you ever... Were you ever involved in a horrific uh, fat, hot fat incident? Tonight at the tote. No, but I spilled, I dropped a whole bucket of <laughs> batter in the fridge <laughs> one time. I was so, I was so embarrassed. <laughs> I was working at KFC for, when I was 14 and um, I, 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 I cooked a fresh batch of Zinger, Zinger patties for the burgers. <laughs> what are they? And um, um, Zinger, oh, we got... Zing, like Zinger burgers are the just the spicy chicken burgers. So I just run a fresh batch of Zinger patties, and um, they were on a tray. <laughs> and I was trying to, I was trying to. My boss Betty was on my ass a bit about like, come on, we need chicken. Give me yeah. chicken. Give me chicken. Yeah. Well, it's a KFC. You know I mean? It's kind of yeah. yeah. <laughs> she was saying we we need chicken up here immediately, Jamie. And so I was rushing through with a platter of Zinger patties. <laughs> And they all slid off onto the ground. Oh, <laughs> and, and a few of them, like, a few of them bounced along the tiles and sort of landed in some soapy suds and shit. <laughs> <laughs> some puddles. And I quickly, I looked around, no one saw, yeah. and I picked them all up out of the soapy suds and put them on the tray and just stuck them on the, <laughs> stuck them in the thing. Is that the worst thing that you've ever done and, and only just admitted to? Nah, there's, oh, there's been worse, but, but I'm prepared. I'm prepared to share this one. That's good. Well, that's the end of part one of our conversation with Roger O'Donnell from The Cure. If you want to listen to the rest of the episode, there's another uh, half to this chat. It's over on our Patreon, so you can listen to it there at patreon.com forward slash whatagreatpunk or just by downloading the Patreon app and searching whatagreatpunk. You can subscribe there. You'll get bonus episodes every week. And yeah, the other half of this episode will be waiting there for you.